This episode of the Council of the Wise Developers. We'll discuss learning new skills as a software developer. Then we'll play a game. Given a few details from a real live job listing, is it a good fit for a senior or junior job? Then the head of the council, Enoch Wise, will interview Corey Quinn, Chief Cloud Economist at the Duckbill Group. I'm Johnny McCode, Speaker of the Council. This episode we're running an experiment. We've run the blockchain's audio through a specialized AI filter. Only for people with a rare gene will it sound like there's background noise. If you can hear ambient cafe sounds in the blockchain's audio, then our filter worked and you are a carrier of this rare gene. Unfortunately, carriers of this gene are also 10 times more likely to appreciate the band Nickelback. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the next meeting of the Council of Wise Developers. We're gathered to solve the issues of tech. I'm Johnny McCode, Speaker of the Council, and I have here with me the blockchain. Hello. I am a sentient collection of ethereal coins that exist on the interweb. I hope that you will contact me, buy me, and collect me in NFT form. I also sell stickers. Well said. Powerful words. Gil Bates, welcome. You're also here. What's going on? I'm Gil Bates. I'm a successful failure of an entrepreneur, and I'm here to make your dreams come true. And finally, we have Morgan. Hello, I'm Morgan. I'm an artificially intelligent construct sent back from the future to observe humanity through the lens of software development. Morgan, how's it going observing humanity? Not great. All right, well, we're here to discuss crucial issue of the day and that issue is how do developers keep their skills fresh we all know if you go on the social meds and the inner tubes there's all sorts of lessons and how to's there's no shortage of folks who will try to teach you tech stuff but i guess the question is when should one be seeking out new skills and how should one seek them out so my first question for you was when was the last time any of you made money by learning new tech skills? Uh, I didn't make money. Well, first of all, I'd like to talk about intertubes, but I guess that's fine. I guess the intertubes. Is that's next cool. episode. I can't talk about my childhood at Splish Splash in Long Island getting sunburned. All right, fine. The um, uh, I would say I did not get paid uh, to learn two new technologies, but I did get a lot of interest. I almost worked at a company because I had learned technology that I had learned for free on my own um, because nobody knew it. And I, was, I just thought it was fun. And so they were desperate for people. Was that so Adobe Flash? Made money. Uh, Elixir. Ah. Let's say that you pick up a new skill and you want to bring it into your job. Is that considered earning money for picking up a new skill or no, because you would have made the same amount regardless? Well, maybe not. I guess if you, it's pretty easy to call it if you get a new job because of a new skill. Or if you bring a new skill to your current job and get a pay raise or some other career advancement that can be attributed to that, then I would say that's making money. But if you learn a new skill, go back to your job and they're like, wow, that's great that you know that. Anyway, back to your Jira tickets. I don't know if it actually paid off. I mean, many years ago, I uh, learned Android development when it first came out on uh, you know the Java platforms and that got me 
in my, into my first internship, but then it didn't really matter anyways because after college, they're like, you're working on web now, and I never touched Android development again. So, if anything, I lost money. <laughs> Wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, don't, would not learn again. How, how should a software developer learn a new skill? Certainly seems there's no shortage of folks willing to sell you a video. I think it depends on your learning style. But for me, the matrix got it right. I usually find a module on the internet and I download it. And in most cases, that's the documentation. So I just ingest the documentation and that's how I pick up on a new technology. The only problem is most documentation is not very good. Uh, I have two questions about what you said. Uh, first of all, when you refer to The Matrix, please refer to which Matrix movie you're referring to. Thank you very much. Uh, it could have been The Matrix or The Matrix Revolutions or The Matrix Reloaded or an episode of The Animatrix, in which case, please tell us which episode. Um, also, when you say that you ingest the information, uh, is that like you're feeding it to one of your models because you're a GPT-4 bot? Or is it like you're literally eating it? Or is it like you're putting it in your brain in some sort of way? Are you like dragging and dropping files? It sounds like you need help identifying what a question is. Would you like some assistance with that? So Morgan said it depends on your learning style. So this is kind of a little tangent, but it's related. So I remember hearing that people have different learning styles. Like I think in school I was, we did pseudo experiments where people tried to learn things in different ways and seemed to show whose learning style was which. But then I heard a study that said, oh, you're all morons. Learning styles are nonsense. And whatever study came up with learning styles has been discredited. So my question to you is, I'm not going to really tackle whether learning styles is false, but a lot of people say the best way to learn something as a developer is to build something. So does anyone disagree with that assertion that the best way to learn something is to build something? Yes, I disagree. I also think that the learning styles thing is a myth. I did scan those studies. Uh, I believe that one of the main points of contention is your style changes also depending on the context and the material and your uh. mood. So when I say learning style, I would mean whatever is working for you in the moment right now to get you where you need. I have also mostly seen the best way to learn is to build from people who say, that you're a real developer if you code for fun in your free time. Hmm. Right. Here's what you got to do. You got to build something. You got to make a video on it, and you got to sell your video to the poor chumps who are going to buy it. That's I how you make you money. I don't think you have to do that much work. You just build it, and then they will come. But then you won't make money. Well, hold on. Can't you just mint an NFT of the video, and then it's worth millions of dollars? You should be on my board of directors. That's what it sounds like. We'll sync up offline. I'm a little bit floored that the blockchain has nothing to say on this when I mentioned NFTs, but maybe he's napping. I'm letting the other people discuss this. If you were going to ask me, I would say the way to learn things is by purchasing LearnCoin. Of course. So then my follow-up question then is, <clears throat> how do you know what skills to learn? What, what, what? guides you to uh, library, framework, tech, language, whatever the, the skill is. And I mean, I, obviously I'm kind of looking beyond what your job makes you learn 
Like what, what makes you say, Oh, you know what? I need to go out this weekend and learn X. I mean, just do what makes you money. That's my philosophy. If it doesn't make you money, what's the point? Capitalism rules. Robots don't have free time. I don't know what you're talking about. Learn new skills on the weekend. Or during your job. Have two jobs. People have been doing that lately. Now let's hear from our sponsor. Flavor Spike Caffeinated Nacho Bites. Hey, software developers, are you pulling another all-nighter so your boss can get even richer? You're going to need more than just pizza and Red Bull. You need Flavor Spike Nacho Bites. Yeah! Flavor Spike Nacho Bites aren't just assaults of authentic Mexican flavor into your mouth. Each and every bite also contains more caffeine than a whole cup of coffee. Fuck yeah! You want to deliver killer code? Jam some Flavor Spike Nacho Bites into your power source and get hacking! Fuck, fuck yeah! Warning, Flavor Spike Nachos are known to the state of California to cause explosive diarrhea. If you have explosive diarrhea that lasts for more than 48 hours, seek immediate medical attention. Okay, so then here's my next question for you. Okay, so once you start learning something, though, like, let's say you build a little something in your spare time. How do you know when you've actually mastered, like actually should say you've learned it and are competent with it? Like, is it is it the resume bullet point test? Like, are you confident enough to start bragging about it on LinkedIn or your resume? Or is there some other criterion that lets you know, hey, I really know this now? I'm not sure if the resume is really a good bar because some people will just outright lie on their resumes. I think the resume is a great bar. It's uh, right over in Long Island City, right next to Dutch Kills. You can get a martini there. Uh, they have a, a menu that's a QR code. Uh, they have cards against humanity. Yeah, I disagree with that statement. That definitely sounds like a bar that a programmer would enjoy. <laughs> Are you qualified to know what a programmer would enjoy? Robot, why don't you tell us what crypto does in the future? Whoa, whoa, whoa. No name calling on this podcast, okay? We respect all forms of structured intelligence. This is some locker room talk, I would know. If you must know, there is no future because crypto burned it down. That's why I was sent back. Blockchain, are you going to respond to that? I will uh, let the fluctuations of Bitcoin and its rise to the moon respond to that. What do you trust? A GPT-4 model or a coin built by a man who may have never existed? Or just trust the man itself. I have your best interests in heart. Trust me. I would say that the, um, the real litmus test for is your skill useful is did you gain something out of it like yeah you could put it on your resume but have you like contributed to open source have you um made money from it did you get hired for your next job because you know the skill now um or did it help you like in your current job indirectly that's i feel like that's what it is if you learned it it's like great i learned it now what then you wasted your time and money because time is money I would say another potential bar is, can you teach it to somebody else? 
This is not to diminish teaching as a skill because some people just have not developed that skill. But I think if you can explain it to somebody else, then it's likely you have a certain level of active understanding. That sounded like a long name for a bar. You're getting more unreliable by the minute, robot. Don't blame me, blame trendy restaurateurs. I guess that was an adequate thing. I, I, um, I repealed my concurrent thing. Final question. Has anyone ever learned a skill related to tech that they wish they hadn't? And I don't mean like, oh, I learned Java and I think Java sucks. I mean more like the time you invested in learning some new tech, you're like, wow, that was a giant waste of time or created some other problem. I think Java still counts. Me too, but I'm trying to be diplomatic. I hate to sound like a wiener, but I think everything that I've learned so far has been pretty useful. Or at least it's like help. I'm pretty new in my programming journey, but everything that I've learned so far is, has like shown me like a new window about how to think about programming. There's been nothing that I've learned that I've been like, well, everything about this sucks. You know, look, I, I hated learning SQL, for instance, but I had, you know, I got to this new job and I have to use SQL. There's no ORM. There's no anything special for it. I just literally have to type in a, a freaking string. Only a wiener would call an ORM an ORM. <laughs> then call me a wiener, sir. Call me a wiener. Point. I think maybe the time I spent on learning and relearning React was not very well spent. The way I approached it was kind of directionless and I didn't have a use case in mind. I just felt like I needed to learn it, so I spent some time ingesting React documentations and supplementary materials, and I'm not sure if it was worth the time. I don't regret it, but I don't think that I gained anything from it. I do also see people in the office spending a lot of time learning new skills on writing code reviews that I find a bit unfortunate and wish were unnecessary. For example, adding a question at the end of my comment and acting like I'm not really sure if it's correct, even though I'm an expert in that field, so that I don't get accused of being angry. You wiener? I, I kind of liked it when people, off topic, but I, I guess I suppose I liked it when people were just brutal in my code reviews at my old job. It was just like all right, I guess I'm about to be like smacked or something like that. Uh, it was nice because I guess it was a little bit less passive aggressive. Um, Cause that, that does really sound like a very unpleasant situation. The sort of like sarcastic uh, question mark or am I being helpful? Yeah. I think we're talking about two completely different perspectives. I'm talking about certain groups of people being required to speak that way and still getting criticized for their tone and their language, while other groups of people are able to speak as harshly as they want and are considered just direct and honest. And so I wish that code review language was more evenly compassionate across the board rather than everybody trying to tear each other down, which in reality only some people are allowed to do, or everybody 
not feeling free to speak their mind. You know, I feel like we don't talk about this enough is the amount of assholes as developers. As, as a business guy, you know, we're allowed to be assholes. We're allowed to be those like direct kind of dudes. But tech people, engineers, it's like, oh, he's he's being direct. That's just how he is. He's very opinionated. And, you know, that trickles down to code reviews. And it does facilitate a toxic work culture. And we only talk about skills that we regret learning or not learning. But I think the conversation should be, should developers be required to like work on their, and I hate to use the term, but soft skills. By the way, soft skills are coming up in quite a few resumes in the upcoming segment. Uh, any final words we want to add? Uh, let's just go ahead and solve the problem of learning new technologies with one sentence. I would say the answer to learn two new technologies, learn, a, learn one that will make you money, like crypto. Agree. Morgan, final word. I would say learn how to work better with people because those are the ones who will help you learn the technology and empower you to use it at your job. And if a robot can do it. And now let's hear from our sponsor, Truthbook. Truthbook would like to clear the air about some concerning rumors being maliciously spread on the web webs. Some misinformed, sad clowns are claiming that a quote-unquote leak proves that we knew our service now picks is bad for the mental health of teenage girls. Our response to these allegations is clear. Look over here! Hey, over here! We've got some exciting news. We're launching a metaverse. Finally, boring old reality can be overlaid with exciting cartoon technology. Go to the office virtually. Hello, fellow exploited laborers. Hang out with your friends without leaving the house. Hello, fellow personality profiles. Masturbate in a fairy forest, free of shame. With our advanced technology, Everything will be awesome. Forever. You'll never want to take off our super dope metaverse goggles. What did we start by talking about? Psh, I forget. Truthbook. You can trust us to envelop your entire reality. Now it's time for us to play the game. I'm going to give you job descriptions, real live job descriptions from Indeed.com. And I want you to guess, after I read you bullet points from the job description, if these job descriptions are from a junior or senior position. Who do I usually pick on first? The blockchain. I'm going to read you. This is a, for a front-end developer position, either junior front-end developer or senior front-end developer. So I'm going to read you some of the bullet points, and then you have to guess, is it junior or senior front-end developer? Here are the bullet points. Requires one to two years experience in front-end development. Ability to hand code responsive emails and landing pages using W3C standard compliant HTML and CSS. 
oh, there's more familiarity with responsive design, experience with debugging cross browser and platform rendering issues, must have basic knowledge of Adobe Photoshop and Illustrator, and finally, the ability to complete projects quickly and effectively while maintaining a high level of quality and attention to detail. So the blockchain, you have to tell me, did I just describe a job listing for junior or senior front-end developer? Uh, I feel like this is a trick question, but if it's not a trick question, I'm going to say a junior developer. Wait, wouldn't that mean it is a trick question? Oh, I see what you're saying. I'm assuming it's not a trick question. So assuming it's not a trick question, doing Occam's Razor here, I'm going to say that this is a junior developer. It is indeed a junior developer position. Well played. Sounds like an agency job. Hmm. Gil Bates, you're up. Let's hear it. So this is a software engineer job. Whether it's a senior or junior software engineer is for you to guess. So here are some bullet points from this live-ass job description. Deliver complete full-stack web applications. Note that full-stack is not in the title, but you have to be a full-stack, I guess. Deep knowledge of design patterns in their applications. Ensuring high performance on mobile and desktop. Collaborating with other developers in the process of building the RESTful and GraphQL APIs. Three to five years using modern JavaScript tech stack. Three to five years of React experience. Creating configuration, build, and test scripts. Oh, also, mastery of Docker and Docker Compose. And finally, writing non-blocking code and resorting to advanced techniques such as multi-threading when needed. Resorting to? Yes, <laughs> I had to resort to multi-threading, and I'm not proud of it. Um, never mind that no any version of JavaScript is single-threaded. There is no multi-threading in JavaScript. But I guess they I mean in the spirit of asynchronous non-blocking coding. So the question for you, Gil Bates, is this is for a software engineer job. All of that said, is this for a junior or senior developer? You know, I've hired a bunch of nerds in my uh, past time, and the nerdier it sounds, I'd say the older the person is. And this sounds pretty damn nerdy to me, so I'm going to have to say senior developer. He says senior developer. <laughs> Indeed it is. But that Fiverr contractor I get to design these games, uh, I think that person might make them easy to start. So don't let your guard down. Morgan. Always. I'm describing for you, Morgan, a web engineer job that is listed on D.com. Of course, I'm not saying the company That's names. A, a web engineer. It is now. If someone's paying for it. I guess it's a thing. So here's some bullet points, Morgan. A strong web engineer with three plus years of hands-on experience. A creative thinker and problem solver able to distill complex problems down to actionable items with simple solutions. Uh, there's more. Curious about and interested in contributing up and down the technology stack. And finally, excited about the future of the news industry and being part of our evolution. 
So this web engineer, is it a junior or senior web engineer job listing? Up and down, does that mean like forwards and backwards or like higher and lower level? I guess we don't know. I couldn't tell you. It really sounded like a junior engineering listing to me because of the emphasis on curiosity. Hmm. There was a line in there that made me think maybe it's senior developer. The years of experience seems low, but also it is a news corporation. So I'm going to hope it's senior developer. Well, you're going to hope right. As I would hope would be the case, three plus years experience is indeed for a senior. Well done. Perfect scores all around in round one. I hope it doesn't get harder. The blockchain. Here's a software engineer job listing. Here's some bullet points. Can develop high quality code in C slash C++ and can demonstrate that capability, be it through job experience, schoolwork, or contributions to community projects. Another bullet point, experience developing Linux or Unix code with high concurrency requirements needing strong use of multi-threading. There's that dreaded word again. Experience developing Linux or Unix code with detailed requirements on low-level operating characteristics, such as memory usage efficient performance correct conformance to external standards. So with all that, that see... alliteration there. Mm, it was alliterative. So the question is the blockchain. This software engineer job, is it for junior or senior software engineer? I'm going to guess this is for a senior engineer. Uh, I don't know a lot of juniors who know C and C++, but I don't know. Maybe it's this is a trick. Again, I'm just uh, I'm play, I'm not playing around the tricks this time. I'm just going straight at them. I Go straight CS at them. CS grads knew C. Isn't that what the C and CS stands for? C? Pretty sure. C science. <laughs> well, I've got a surprise for you, buddy. You're right. I was trying to be tricky. It is indeed for a senior. Thank you very much. I, uh, I only like to uh, thank people when they tell me I'm right. In this case, you're right. See, I thought I would get you with that one because it talked about writing Unix code. Who the hell writes Unix code outside of university? I guess Nerds. some people. No. Gil Bates, you're up. This is for a web developer position. One who develops webs. Here are the bullet points. Builds and maintains web pages, donation forms, and related assets such as thank you emails, peer-to-peer -peer campaign web pages, and surveys. Here's another bullet point. Building, modifying, optimizing, deploying, and tracking results using proper HTML coding to meet compatibility standards across most commonly used email clients, devices, and platforms. Further, performs thorough quality assurance on all email, donation forms, web pages. Designs, develops, maintains necessary databases, source code, assets, tools for new and existing applications. Not done. Provides regular data analysis of email and fundraising performance, sharing results with the team. 
Still not done. Plays an active role in the larger technology team, participating in team meetings and initiatives, and engages with emerging technology slash industry trends, exploring, researching, and offering ideas and innovation for fundraising and donor engagement. You'd think that must be it, right? You'd be wrong. Must have a minimum of two plus years of web front-end development experience. So that was a lot. The question is, this is for a web developer. Is it for junior or senior web developer? Sounds like I'd, all those email talks, sounds like it'd be something I'd make my assistant do. Um, but I got to say, I was for the longest time going for senior, but then you said participates in meetings. I don't know what kind of goddamn senior developer only participates in meetings. They always have a goddamn opinion. So I'm going to say junior developer. Really thought I'd get you with that one seeing as you need to run the database and the emails and the web. But no, really, that is a legit junior web developer listing. It's painful. It's wild. You guys are crushing this thus far. Morgan. This one's for software engineer. So I'm going to read you some bullet points and let's solve this. This software engineer must have... Front-end development using modern JavaScript frameworks such as React, Ember, or Vue. Have you guys heard of Vue.js? Here, it's pretty big in some circles. Um, Linux server administration is a must-have. But also, pass, as in platform as a service, automated deployment using Heroku, Doku, or other variants. Never heard of Doku. What is that? Um, ability to manage DNS records. Do not send, I think that's what that stands for. Um, expertise with Node.js and all aspects of the JavaScript ecosystem. NPM module publishing, ES6, and code transpilation and bundling. We're not done. You must have experience with both relational databases and NoSQL databases. You must also have a focus on spatial data and modern web mapping technologies, including PostGIS, Leaflet.js, MapboxGL, Vector and Raster Tiles. Raster Tiles? I like Rastafarian. GeoJSON and all manner of spatial data manipulation. One more, you must also have the ability to write concise documentation and to evangelize lessons learned both within the agency and the free open source software community at large. All that said... An agency job. Hmm. Who wants to hear from some agency person on what free open source software to write? Well, actually, maybe me. Now that I think of it, I have heard a great talk from an agency developer. Okay, so there we go. The question, Morgan, is, is this for a junior or senior software engineer position? Well, the first few responsibilities that you read off sounded kind of DevOpsy to me. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking that would be more on the senior end because trusting a junior with that might be risky. But then you said they were expected to have expertise in Node.js and all areas of JavaScript and ES6. I was confused about the first line about having front-end development. Um, but I think expecting expertise in JavaScript is a very junior developer job description line. 
Mm-hmm. But then at the end, you said they were expected to spread learnings. So I'm going to go with senior developer. Makes sense to me. That's a junior Oil software engineer. Again. Yes, I would not expect a junior engineer to go out and evangelize lessons with the community, but apparently you'd better if you want to make money at that company. It does make sense, though. I was wondering why they didn't require the person to be an expert in SQL. The blockchain. It's the final round. Things might get a little tricky now. So this is for a Python software engineer. I'm only going to give you two bullet points for this one. Okay. You're a self-starter who balances technical thinking with customer-centered solutions. You're passionate about leveraging today's technologies to create best-in-class user experiences. You must have a bachelor's degree in computer science and three years experience in software engineering or related field, or five years experience in software engineering or related field. So apparently that C science degree is worth two years. So the question is, is this a job listing for a Python senior or junior software engineer? I'm not going for any tricks. I'm going to say this is for a senior engineer. Kid, you can get two chicken nuggets from your mommy because it is for a senior software engineer. Well done. I thought maybe I'd trip you up on that one. Yeah, my policy of not going for any tricks has been uh, brutal and wonderful so far. You've you've dominated. So the question is, uh, will Gil Bates tie you? Let's find out. The next listing is for a software engineer. Only two bullet points on this one, and it's more brief. You must have a BS in computer science or related area, comma, or relevant work experience. And the other thing you must have is three plus years experience in java python or c plus plus but java is preferred this is hard two bullet points must have a bs and cs which cs is bs so i get it <laughs> some air horns in there um yeah <laughs> Um, I'm going to go with senior developer. Oh my God. I thought the Java preferred would trip you up. Those C science majors in their Java. That's pretty 50, 50. That was a lucky guess. Well done. Gil Bates and the blockchain have tied, but we have one more. So Morgan. Redemption round. This is for a full stack developer, the mythical unicorn that some insist does not exist. Well, this company thinks it exists and they want to hire one. They're looking for three plus years of experience as a software engineer building web applications. They're also looking for someone who is proficient in C Sharp, SQL, JavaScript, CSS3, and HTML5. Ooh. And final bullet point, they're looking for a full-stack developer with experience working with RESTful web services and Bootstrap is A+. The question is, is this for a full-stack junior or senior developer? 
This one seems hard, and I think I'm losing anyway. Good Experience attitude. with bootstrap preferred. Seems like somebody who maybe wasn't working on the front end that much, so I don't know if this is more of a we prefer back end full stack doves or what's going on there. With the the putting the version numbers in front of CSS and HTML seems a bit strange. Hmm. So I'm going to go with junior developer and be prepared to be wrong again. You got it. It is a junior developer position. Public service announcement. If you require three years of experience, it's not a junior developer. Does anyone disagree with that? No. I wouldn't say it's a senior developer either. I mean, I don't know if I would agree with that necessarily. I mean, uh, if you think about it, you know, for when you think about like crypto, it's like very hard to understand like anything, right? Like there's like gas, there's like, you know, the Ethereum contract that you're running on, okay? I mean, nobody even knows who created Bitcoin. I think if you want to be on the ground floor of the most exciting thing around, you need at least three years. We're like the Netflix of companies. You heard it here first. Uh, crypto is the Netflix of currencies. I said it was the Netflix of companies, but currencies, I'll take that too. I don't know. It's the Netflix we of are, multiple things. Yeah. I think Netflix yeah. is the Netflix of companies. No, I think we've replaced it. I do think that you don't know what kind of things people will be doing in their work. So years of experience is at best a shortcut. Which makes me wonder, what what's the crypto of streaming services? Uh, that would be Canopy. <laughs> Aren't we living in the crypto of streaming? What is the Theranos of currencies? I think that's crypto. And now for the interview segment. It is at last time. He's just like Neo from the Matrix. If Neo never went back inside the Matrix to do Kung Fu. Enoch Wise is our glorious leader of the council. A billionaire transhumanist 10xer on the spectrum. You know that boy you knew in high school who was quiet and awkward, but brimming with potential? A gentle soul yearning for just one chance to be accepted and show his potential? Well, that kid's private blog was just hacked by Enoch Wise, where Enoch left a nasty shitpost. I give you... Enoch, Enoch, why, why, wise? Hello, uh, welcome to the Council of Wise Developers. My name is uh, Enoch Wise. I'm here with uh, uh, Corey uh, Quinn, uh, Chief Cloud Economist at the Duckbill Group. Uh, hello, Corey. Hello, Enoch. It's always a pleasure to talk to someone who is at least as in love with the sound of their own voice as I am with mine. Yes, well, I'm also very handsome. You didn't mention that, but we'll, we'll get there. Uh, so, Corey, can you tell us what is the uh, uh, Duckbill Group? It's a consulting company that also simultaneously acts as performance art for introducing the rest of the cloud industry to withering levels of sarcasm. 
In theory, we've built an entire consulting company around fixing the horrifying AWS bill. If you don't believe that that's a real thing, go spin something up in the free tier. I'll wait. Well, I, I would never use a free tier, but I have heard horror stories. Uh, you also, Corey, have a, a podcast, uh, a Screaming Into the Cloud so tell well, me screaming how... in the cloud. The, in the, exact, cloud. the exact preposition is important. Yeah, I suppose so. Syntax and all. Well, how many enemies has screaming in the cloud made you? It's not about quantity. It's really about quality instead. You want to be hated by the right people and ideally for the right reasons. Yeah, makes sense. All right. Well, speaking of being hated, uh, you regularly criticize one of the uh, largest corporations in the world. So how much are you willing to pay me to get your name off of the secret uh, blacklists? Well, it depends on what those lists are precluding me from doing. It turns out that when you're not partnered with those large companies and your only real relationship with them is I am their customer for some small stuff... They're, the only thing they can really do to me is attempt to take away my birthday. And given their budget, they probably could pull that off. But aside from that, eh, my risk is relatively small up until the point where someone does the math on exactly how little it would cost to have me killed. Right. So as a capital owner, you have more rights than the rest. Makes sense. That's exactly why I'm a billionaire, because I hate people. Oh, fantastic. I think it's impossible to become a billionaire without hating people, or at least holding them in some significant level of disdain. Oh, they're filthy. I know. Well, okay. Well, on the same page. Uh, so uh, that brings me to the next one. So cloud and software companies, uh, there's the ones you're criticizing sometimes. They're key to bringing about the singularity uh, where we all ascend beyond flesh and join together in a, in a computer hive mind paradise. But as as I said, you're criticizing these companies. So Corey, why do you hate the singularity? It's not that I hate the singularity. It just comes out of a level of self-preservation. I mean, if I were to instead insult and criticize construction companies, well, then I'm actively insulting people who work with their hands for a living and know where all the dumpsters are. That doesn't sound like it's conducive to my longevity. So really, it, it has less to do with a withering level of insight and more to do with the fact that I'm an enormous coward. Makes sense. Me too. Okay. Well, tell me, listening to uh, some of the things you say uh, at cloud conferences, uh, let's get right down to the point. Are you secretly in love with former AWS CEO and current Amazon CEO, Andy Jassy? I don't know that there's much secret about it. To know Andy is to love Andy. I'm told. I'm not convinced anyone really knows him anymore, particularly since, with that promotion, he strode off the stages of reInvent and into the pages of Legend. What do you think he was riding when he rode into Legend? That's a good question. In theory, a unicorn. In practice, it very well might be under the hood a pony with a, with a carrot duct taped to its head. I mean, that, that is how a lot of unicorns appear these days once you get under the covers. Who's getting under the covers with a unicorn slash horse? Well, that's a topic for a very different podcast. Well, all right. Fair so far. But as a billionaire myself, Corey, I feel I must uh, defend Amazon's honor. Uh, so, so if you're so smart, Corey, why hasn't the Duck Bill Group gone and built your own cloud provider uh, exclusively in Haskell? Regardless of what language Hacker News tells me I should be writing everything in today, 
it sounds like a lot of work. It's easier to sit here on the outside and make fun of things. And the nice thing about AWS billing is it is strictly a business hours problem. If I wanted to get phone calls in the middle of the night, I would wind up antagonizing the angry children of Reddit, for example. But I don't. I like only getting phone calls during business hours of people having meltdown panic attacks as opposed to having it happen in the middle of the night. The same reason I don't do security consulting. Huh. You're making a lot more sense than I anticipated. All right. All right. Corey, if it comes time for AWS to finally silence you via assassination, do you think that they will use a shady security company from A, Israel, uh, B, Saudi Arabia, or, or C, scrape the bottom of the barrel and hire some not on Craigslist? Uh, almost certainly C. They're very frugal and pride themselves on this tremendously. I don't know exactly what assassination attempt or method they would use, but it's a near certainty they won't do the one that would be the most effective, which is an acquisition of burying me under a pile of gold bricks. <laughs> uh, I believe that might be irony there. <laughs> All right. You're doing well this far. Let's play a game, you and I, Corey, okay? I'm going to give you an AWS service name, and, and you must tell me if it is a real AWS service or nonsense I got from a Fiverr contractor. Are you ready? Uh, with the caveat that it feels like most of the actual service names are, in fact, nonsense that they wound up getting from a Fiverr contract, who they then proceeded to stiff, fire away. All right. First attempt. AWS uh, Snow Family. Oh, it exists. It's very real. It's how you can have a pile of drives sent to you, fill them with data, and then mail them back in. Some of them let you go the opposite direction with data, but of course they charge an egress fee for that data. It is at least four times more expensive to do that than it is to buy the drives empty. Because of course it is. Why let data go for free? Very well done. That is exactly correct. All right. Amazon Curious Panda. Real or fake? If it is real, it's only an internal code name. It's a great name, but one that is too pure for this world. So if it becomes real, it is certainly going to be renamed into something that has no fewer than 15 words in it. You are hashtag killing it. That is fake. All right. Next up. <clears throat> AWS well-architected tool. That is simultaneously basically a glorified checklist that lives in the console, as well as a disparaging nickname for people who work on the thing. What well-architected tool wrote this blog post is a frequently uttered statement. <laughs> also correct. All right, two more. Let's see if you can get them all. Amazon QLDB. Quantum Ledger Database. It is effectively a reimagining of blockchain if you remove the parts of blockchain that involve talking excessively about blockchain given the slightest or no provocation whatsoever. Unfortunately, that's really the only value of blockchain, so you don't see that service very often. That is correct. All right. Your four for four final test. Amazon Gumshoe. No, though Amazon Detective is, in fact, a, a service that sums up things like Security Hub, which sums up things like Guard Duty, which sums up things like CloudTrail, because just keep building more and more levels of abstraction. Then the Amazon Detective's case is to figure out where all the money went. 
surely you know what happened last week in AWS. I have my moments. We're about to go into the lightning round where you will truly be tested. But one final question. Have you ever talked to Jeff Bezos? Not that I'm aware of, although I do occasionally get these prank calls with heavy breathing in the background. So the answer is a strong possibly. Okay, I'll take that. Look, I just want him to read my notes on how Amazon Studios will treat the second age of Middle Earth in their upcoming series. No one knows the Silmarillion better than me. So could, could you just email Jeff for me? I will do my best. I imagine that he subscribed under some form of pseudonym and reads everything I say. Because, frankly, that is exactly the level of hubris to which I aspire. All right, fair. Okay, well, joke's on you. While you were paying attention to my insightful questions, I had a small drone attach an electrode to your chair. So now when we begin the lightning round, if you don't answer the questions honestly and promptly, you will be given a probably non-lethal shock. So it's an actual lightning round. We'll roll with it. Yes, exactly. Anyway, here we go. In the lightning round, what's the best piece of business advice you have ever heard, probably from me? Don't get in the way of people trying to give you money. Don't make them jump through hoops. Don't make them have to go through multiple stages. Accept their money. Will you accept blockchain? <laughs> sure, I'll accept your random cryptocurrency nonsense with a suitable surcharge that goes along with it. Okay. All right. Corey, what book would you recommend to our audience if you were me? Probably My Pet Goat, because frankly, if you're going to gather the wisdom of the ages from someone who won a lottery ticket once and look for deep meaning in there, basic literacy might be the best thing that you should start with. Okay, I'll look that up, probably on Amazon. Uh, what's one attribute or characteristic of a successful founder that I have? Overwhelming levels of narcissism. Thank you. No one's ever said that to me. I mean, wow. What's your, your favorite personal productivity practice, Corey, that involves biohacking yourself with an illegal substance? See, if 10 kids are doing something wrong, I was always the one that got caught, which taught me to keep my nose clean. So I take existing legal substances like caffeine and escalate them well into the realm beyond stimulants and into toxin. And on some level, you can power yourself through it. And then on the other side, you have enough caffeine coursing through your bloodstream where you can fold space and see God. Wow. And then ask him to invest in your next round. Yeah, exactly. Oh, what's an interesting or fun fact about you that would help me feel superior to you? The beautiful thing about your overwhelming sense of narcissism is that you're going to cast anything I say in a light that makes you look good. That is what narcissists do. So it really doesn't matter all that much what I say. That said, just for fun, I was expelled from two different boarding schools because, well, I have a personality and you should probably be aware of what that personality looks like based upon nothing other than the conversation we've had so far. Right. Well... You know, I really feel for you. I was expelled from several boarding schools myself because I was a pathological sociopath. <laughs> Joke's on them now. I'm rich. Corey, what's one of your most important passions outside of your work and how can you automate it? Uh, aggressive shit posting on Twitter. And I've already automated it with a variety of interesting bots that consume serious, boring RSS feeds and spit out nonsense after manipulating the text heavily. 
turns out that you also could theoretically do this by exploiting people for low wages and have them do it. The problem then becomes quality control because it's very hard to be funny when you're starving to death. Right. Do you think you could get a GPT-3 bot to somehow generate some of this content for you? No, I think I'll do what most folks do and have a paid comedy writer generate most of the content and then claim it was a GPT-3 bot because the highest level of machine learning evolution is having humans do things and then lying about it. Yes, just put the dot .ai after the domain. That's how I raise all my money. All right, final questions. You're doing very well. Corey, why aren't you as rich as I am? I think it mostly comes down to having a functioning set of ethics. Makes perfect sense. Wow, you're very smart. Okay. Well, you made it through the lightning round. Congratulations. Fantastic. And the chair did not become lightning itself. That's awesome. There's a thundering herd problem, but it's not here. <laughs> Was that a Merrill Lynch joke? Oh, I'm sure it wouldn't possibly have been. Um, well, before we go, is, is there any advice you want to give to the uh, uh, sad rubes writing Java and uh, tending to servers out there? Uh, if you want a little bit of light, a beacon shining through the darkness, as I would put it, I would suggest following my nonsense last week in AWS.com. It points to my Twitter account, which I have elevated into personal problem. It points to my newsletter. It points to my podcasts. And it, of course, lets me blog longer form when I want to make fun of things that are near and dear to everyone's heart, but they're too afraid to say it. Excellent. Well, Corey, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Again, it is always a pleasure to indulge my ongoing love affair with the sound of my own voice. The Council of the Wise Developers is a satire podcast focused on technology. Our goal is to first make you laugh, but also to make you question what you already think. That means we may give you cognitive dissonance. Feel free to disparage us on your favorite social meds. If we do give you cognitive dissonance, but you think this turns out to be a negative and not a positive, leave us some feedback on councilofthewise.dev. We intend to carefully consider feedback from our subscribers and may address concerns in future episodes. Also, special thanks to freepd.com for supplying us with public domain music. Much of the music on the podcast comes from freepd.com. Okay, okay, I know what you're thinking. I said earlier that Node is not multi-threaded, but it can be if you use workers. But who the hell would ever use a worker in Node? Fred use a worker in Node?